Welcome to the J3 University Podcast. Each week, we bridge the gap between science and in-the-trench experience for physique enhancement. I'm your host, John Jewett. Let class begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the J3U Podcast. I'm your host, John Jewett, and with me is co-host Luke Miller. And today, I am, well, depending on when you're listening to this, I've already done the New York Pro, which is in Tampa. I know that's confusing. It's not the Tampa Pro. So today was going to be kind of like the the show day and just this initial post-show just review and kind of diving into my experiences throughout the weekend and giving you all some insights throughout that timeline. So Luke, what's up, man? How's it going? Not much, man. Just ticking my boxes over here, moving along with, with my prep too. Excited to see the final package there, but I'm really excited to hear what you think about the differences between Indy and New York and what that looked like comparatively. Cause I know after Indy you had a day of, of eating and then hit a new low afterwards. So I just kind of wanted to hear the differences between Indy and New York. If there was anything you think you could have done different because New York was even better than Indy um, based on the pictures I saw. Yeah, it was better. Better. So it's like to go back and be like, oh, I would have done this to be even better. It's like, well, shit, you got better. So like, uh, I guess it wouldn't, wouldn't really change much. I mean, off how I wanted to come into Indy was definitely like a personal redemption for the Olympia because I was just off at Olympia. I was soft. It had body fat on me. I was flat. Tan sucked. It was like all around just – <laughs> I still got 13th, which, uh, I mean, still 13th in the world, I guess, but it still wasn't um, up to my own personal standard. So going into Indy, I'm like, well, those things that I really sucked at in Olympia, I want to make sure I really show that I, I'm at, this, that, at the high level that I truly am. So conditioning was like top of the list. So I definitely, once I saw that the hardest look I had, that's what I want to come to stage. And I definitely make a sacrifice bringing that look in fullness. And um, you, you, I see it a lot in my front double. The chest kind of flattens out. In my side chest, I don't have as much roundness in the chest. Uh, legs hold well. Um, back, I'll start seeing a little bit in the traps. But I think overall, like, some like delts and – um, lats and everything those hold on pretty good but those weak weaker body parts that I struggle with are the ones that take a little bit of a sacrifice and you're going out there you don't know who you're going to stand against right so yeah. you might be that guy that's super hard but everyone else is really full and round and you're like oh shit so you, you get kind of out muscled in a lot of shots and that stands out on them more um, I definitely was the hardest guy in the 212s but the the winner Tony he had crazy round muscle bellies, very full. Um, yep. Nathan uh, was also, you know, excellent all around, had um, a little bit more fullness up top. But I definitely probably beat him on the bottom end. Yep. Except for Tony's side shot. His side shot looks like Kai Green, like his, his like, the, the way it stands out to me. It, um, but, but from the back, like hams, glutes, they were like, just looked like I got clawed by like a bear, you know, <laughs> which is cool. That's what I wanted. Um, and I was okay with that. I was okay walking on stage and people were like thoroughly impressed, you know, with that level of conditioning, which um, whatever people's champion. <laughs> <laughs> well, New York, you, you were definitely a lot fuller for New York. And I know you were worried about like the backside kind of going away, but and, like the glute lines and stuff, but it didn't really seem to affect it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, coming off Indy, of course, you're like, well, let's go eat, you know, and try to be reserved as I could. But uh, the next day, you know, after the show, just to mitigate some of that, because we went out and we had like three sushi rolls, which sushi rolls that were like mayo and, you know, um, shrimp tempura, like just what, you know, the stuff you want on them. And then we walked to Whole Foods and we got a bunch of crap there to buy like for desserts and just sat in bed and just ate a bunch. So um, definitely the next day, like my hands were tight and like you could tell like the sodium was going to be creeping up because you come from a state where, I, you know, you're somewhat fluid restricted because in India, I still restrict fluids day of the show. And just to hold the body weight that I want, 
And then you're going to, instead of eating a bunch of more like high sodium, high carb meals, then the next day you're like, oh, cool, I'm still good. It's like, then you're drinking fluids and like all the swelling's happening, right? And you're adapting, you know? And so to mitigate that, yeah, keep fluids high, but went down to just protein veggies. And by the next day, I had already hit like a new body weight low and pulled all that water off. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm five days out now. I'm good. <laughs> uh, but I was still able to like bring my food back up to like close to a maintenance level and actually feed even more going into New York. Yeah. And so thinking about like, well, it's pretty much the same indie lineup that's coming to New York. These guys are fuller. So I should come in a little fuller and it'd be okay to sacrifice some off, off the back end. Yeah. You know, um, and it was some things to consider when like it, the show was like an hour earlier than Indy. So I wasn't going to be getting as much food fluid in, but I could account for this. And, um, you know, weight wise, I think on Indy, you know, I'm not carrying my scale around everywhere with me and for taking a lot with me though. Uh, I was probably about like 205 close to it going yeah. on stage. Um, for New York, I was right at probably a little just touch over 206. So not, not much difference. Um, because I would see throughout the day, like 207 looked pretty good. It really did. Once I got past that though, I wasn't willing to like sacrifice the condition that was lost on the back, which you know, we trained out there with, um, with Joe Bennett at his gym, yeah, which is really nice. So I mean, it's a badass gym. It's actually Dave Batista's like personal gym. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like hand selected equipment. Just Joe like matches all the profiles and straight curves. Excellent. You know? So it was, that was cool. But Joe was like, you know, I was like 208 posing in the gym when we took those pics with him. He's like, dude, you can walk on stage like this and you're still like, he's like your perception of what conditioned is like I think is already skewed because this is still super conditioned in, in stage, stage lean. And it's like, it is, but like the amount of, the little bit of detail that does fade, like, Oh man, I, I just couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't just, leave it. Yeah. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't just let that go. So I was a little fuller for New York, uh, but arguably I still could have been fuller, but yeah. everyone says that like, Oh, I could have been fuller, could have been fuller until you're like soft, like softer. Right. And, um, how much fullness do I gain versus condition loss versus who I'm standing next to? Oh, those are tough. Those are the tough calls to really make. Yeah. And you don't really know until you're out there and you see the picks afterwards. You're like, Oh, but after New York, like what's the, I saw you change your split up a little bit. What's kind of the thoughts after seeing some of the pictures kind of, yeah. Before? Well, I think one interesting thing I wanted to hit was, um, kind of what I did do different to like wake up full. Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. if, if you saw those pics, the show day that I posted and I went to those gym lighting, like, oh man, it was like, I'm on. Like it's <laughs> you know, when you, when you wake up and you're like, yes, you nailed it. <laughs> like it's such an exciting feeling. Like I was so pumped um, because I was, I was weighing myself at night and in the morning and realizing how much weight I was dropping. And I would always drop down to this 203.6 or 204. Showed out, hit 204.0 for like, I hit three days in a row. And that was uh, going to bed. I want to say, I have to look back, maybe 209, 210. Mm -hmm. But on, on um, one day out, I was 208. So I knew like, oh shit, either I'm going to hit a new low or I would be about the same because I'm not going to sleep as long. I'm waking up early for show day. Yeah. So with that in mind, I was like, okay, I need to do something so I don't have as big of a drop overnight. So when I woke up to pee, mid-sleep is when I had like an extra meal and something to, for one, add some carbs back in, add some fats, but then have some fluids. And yep. um, I, I didn't have to do any protein. It was just uh, like 110 grams of rice, 15 grams of peanut butter, some salt. And then I had like eight ounces of water. Yeah. I still dropped another two pounds after I had that because I woke up and I was... 207.2 and then I dropped to 205.2 when I actually did wake up 207 looked pretty fucking gnarly I was like I really like this but then yeah. when I woke up I was super hard I was like oh yeah it's not it's like man the condition is so cool it's hard you know it's it's hard to like yeah I'm full but everyone can be full but anyway um that was a strategy that I used 
to, to eat a little bit so I wouldn't drop as much to that flat state. Yeah. Um, then it was a lot, it's a lot easier to like kind of maintain that instead of trying to build back up with it with, with so much, only so much time left. So, um, from there I had my, you know, my first meal, some fluids, and that brought me up to around that 206, little over 206 mark. From that point on, it was just maintaining it. So I had like another small snack. My first meal was like hundred grams of carbs. Then I had like 50 grams of carbs about an hour before going out with a little bit of fluid too. And uh, that was enough to, to float me around that look. Were those, were those weight drops with diuretic usage at all or no? No, 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 no diuretics. So I didn't use any at all for the, for the entire show. Like, I mean, you, for how hard I w wake up, you know, it's, I'm hard and flat, you know, so it's. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So you know. Worse, which is so, why I had a question, right? right. It's, it's like people think that this diuretic whether it's quarter tab half tab whole tab whatever these people choose to use is like a mandatory thing to utilize within a peak right like they think it's that last like 0.1 percent and it's like if you're already waking up struggling to hang on to fullness because you're so lean like it's not overly necessary it's just manipulating sodium water and food in order to get the desired look right and you're probably running the risk of ruining the look before you're actually going to improve it with when things like when that is the situation yeah no I, that's i i do you're pulling that point out it's a, it's a great point too because uh it, it's i don't people think taking a diuretic that diuretic works to only pull extracellular and not intracellular you know it's, it's going to hold water in the muscle and just pull this film off you but it, it, it's working the same way as if you weren't drinking water so like this water drop you have overnight, you're pulling extra and intracellular. If you took a diuretic, it's going to do the same thing, you know? So if you happen to wake up and yeah, you're like, I'm still super watery every morning I wake up. Well, maybe you do need to push out more fluids and a diuretic might make sense. Um, I don't think that's what I would do. <laughs> One of the things to pull out is you had tracked the exact weight drop across the week without diuretic usage, right? Yeah. So coming in, like one of the things I'll always do is you typically have a pretty good idea if someone's going to want, need it, want it type of a thing or need to use it is, is look at the weight drop relative to no diuretic usage and diuretic usage a little bit out from show day so that you can make that judgment call when it does come to show day because you have a general trend line of what the change in weight is between the two and change in look as well. Yeah, because it's so often you have people that just add it in, and then it just ruins the look. And then they're, then they're, of course, then they're manipulating other variables too. So, yeah, that, um, especially coaching myself, it takes a lot of stress off of, of being more predictive. And that's what I want going into to the show. So I already pretty much know where I want to land and know I'm, I'm pretty close to predicting how I will wake up because I've been doing it every morning before leading up. Like I decided just to train every day, which I don't only don't do. I usually take the, like the day before the show off. I still went and trained just to nothing taxing, but so I could keep such consistent variables in place where I had the same output. Huh? Do you just do like a pump up session? Pretty, yeah, pretty much like kind of like maybe something I would do before I, I would pump up and go out on stage. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I, I tried to keep it around the same, like, hey, have a meal and then go train just like I would on show day to try to, and then weigh myself around there and see how I looked. So, um, so for show day, it's like, well, I pretty much already have my show day plan. It just might need some little, little bit of tweaking and that, and then I already know about my fluids, like roughly what I would need and to, to wake up and, and have that nailed now. Uh, maintaining the look and I've talked, I know I've talked a lot before and like, don't manipulate your water like days out, you know, um, keep it high. But the day of the show, I, I think is a time when you need to control fluids to control the look because so if talk morning yeah. to night show then so that you can kind of huh? the talk morning to night show then on holding that look. Yeah. So like waking up at two Oh five and going on stage at two Oh six, like that's not a lot of food and fluid that's needed to bring my body weight up, like um, from when I woke up at, at 5 a.m. to getting on stage at 8.30, I 
I had like about half a gallon of fluid, which is actually a pretty good amount. But for that whole day, uh, it was roughly a little less than a gallon all the way to finals, considering I normally have two and a quarter gallon. Um, so the fluid was, was reduced. But these short-term manipulations, you're not going to see the, the, the feedback and the, the fight against your, your body trying to maintain homeostasis yet. Yeah. So if it was like a two-day show, I think this would definitely change. But what, what I'm doing, like, so, like, post-stage, I know, like, well, I have hours before I go back to finals after pre-judging. Yeah. Um, I, I weigh myself again, and there's weight drop because I was on stage sweating, putting out output. Um, so I'll have, like, fluids immediately, a good amount, like 16 ounces, not a good amount, 16 ounces. Um, then I'll eat when I'm hungry with some fluids for the meal. And usually it's, I usually do six to eight ounces of fluid, just enough that I need to get the meal down. Not, not drinking like you're on prep and you need, like you're trying to get, you know, <laughs> to kill gotcha. hunger. Like I'm going to drink 30 ounces of water with a meal. Like that's ridiculous, you know. Um, then I'll wait and I'll weigh myself and just kind of repeating that process. And, you know, for, if you're not seeing body weight go up and you're eating a carbohydrate amount, that in those previous days that has been bringing your weight up and getting fuller, that should be a note that you're not getting enough fluid. Because if the carb amount's checked off, that box is checked. You know the day prior that gets you full and brings your body weight up, but it's yeah. not. It's because you don't have enough fluid to uptake the, the, the glycogen. And that's when you should be bringing in more fluids. Um, and so that's kind of how the marker that I use. Now, if, if weight is going down, well, are you still consuming enough carbohydrate? You probably need to increase it, but there should also probably be a proportionate increase of fluids because there's a proportionate increase of carbohydrate along with that amount. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's kind of how I go about it. If weight's dropping, well, I can do a little bit more food and fluids. If weight's going up too high, well, then you, you could um, bring down fluids some. And, uh, and carbohydrates has probably come along too. So that's how I, I moderate all the way into finals and the judging. They're like, everyone came back a little fuller to finals. That's like what I, what a one of the judges told me. And I was a little fuller finals. And like, Renee was like, I think you look better at finals. Like, yeah, okay. maybe I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, was, I wasn't too much fuller. I, I'd have to look back, but I maybe it was a little over, still a little over 206. I don't think I got close to, to 207 or anything. Yeah. But, it's interesting because it's like you don't see people taking the time to find where that best look is relative to body weight and then making the decisions off of fluid and carbohydrate consumption based on that. Like monitoring the change in body weight according to what we're doing with fluid and nutrition that you just walked us through. Because, But I think it's something that should be, right? Because by the time you get to peak week, minus the prep that just like is way behind schedule you're really just trying to find that best look throughout wednesday thursday friday and then keep that person with the variables trending around that best look so that you yeah. can land the plane on saturday morning right right and and people think that this peak week stuff is like oh i have to carb load or i have to do this or i should see this happen and it's like you gotta you gotta play with the cards that are dealt and if you're trying to create something out of a deck of cards, it's not even present. Like what, what, why are you doing that? And, and what makes you think that you can do that? Right. And that is something that has changed the way that I peak clients in the past like six, six to 12 months is like, okay, this is where we're at. Let's find the best look, whether this is a slightly fuller look or a little bit of a, a drier look or whatever that may be. And then just doing that according, doing the variables according to that. And it, it's, it's interesting how much less manipulation you need when you approach it that way. Yeah. It's not as sexy of a sell, you know, it's like, Oh, this is it. It's like, yeah. And it's like, it might be like, <laughs> well, I'm going to find the coach that wants to like really do all this crazy stuff. Cause they sound like they're a, a mad scientist. Um, but yeah, you have, you have a lot moving. Like if you never had the look to begin with, and then you're going to make these manipulations to all of a sudden get that look, you're probably just going to fuck yourself up to where you don't even hit the mark at all. Yep. Um, I think there's application to the different peaking strategies, but I definitely think the, the least risk and most predictive is bringing food up 
ideally like a few weeks out if you have that luxury and just monitoring it daily and adjusting, you know, if you need a little bit more, if you need a little bit less, you should be fairly full, but still waking up hard. And then you can pretty much walk out on stage like that. Now there, I think there's approaches to like front loading and back loading carbs, but throughout peak week, your look and scale weight, everything's going to be all over the place. And it makes it hard to really have a clear mark of like what's going on. You know, if someone had needed all that time for fat loss, right? They're just not ready. Well, thing about it is going into peak week, you're not going to do something magical to get yourself ready. That's the unfortunate thing. But there is a few things that you would like want to rapidly drop off fatigue if you had to push that hard to the end. Yeah. So potentially maybe like, hey, we got right to show week. We're ready. Like, oh, fuck, we barely made it. But like you're, they look super watery. Fatigue's very high. We, we could do the front load like a Monday, Tuesday, really high carb amount. They're rapidly drop off, you know, that fatigue, get glycogen loaded. Then you have the days into peak week where you could like now have them drop, drop some water uh, from maybe they spilled a little bit, but also their, you know, cortisol is dropping. And then then by Friday, maybe it's just a, a less, a lesser of a bump, right? Of, of food, or you just kind of maintain them throughout or the rapid back load where you just like, you need it every bit to like keep pulling body fat off, or maybe there's a weight restriction, right? And they have to make weight. And yeah. then you just have to give them food at the very end. And I could see the rationale there too, because I've had to do that where I'm not, I don't, I can't eat into the show because I have to make weight. Um, and then you just have some car bump in the end. But again, those are less predictive of like how I would do the, do the approach. Um, so, and, and you had brought up uh, the diuretics because yeah, um, at least the biggest, you know, the biggest thing that you're going to manipulate is carbs, right? For, for getting the look you want and how much fluid you need around that carb amount. But the, I, there's still, I think is some application. If you're like enhanced bodybuilding, we can use diuretics. I think there's still some application there. I, I, I most times I don't use them now going into and going into the show if anything i think it had more more application for making sure you hold that look yeah. and that that peak look um because once you start reducing fluids at, at some point you're going to have some uh regulatory where aldosterone will increase you'll start retaining fluids and you'll stop urinating and then any fluids that you do take in with the carbohydrate amount you will retain and that's when I could see the application for a diuretic where you need to excrete sodium and that's how they work called sodium excretion. However, you also don't want to stop drinking fluids because if you do both, then you get really, really flat, even worse. So you want something that can push out sodium, but you keep drinking those fluids to keep that balance of excretion happening. So you can still, still move around that, that peak mark. So let's say this was like, I went on stage at like 8 a.m. and I wasn't going on stage again to like 8 p.m. And I'm, I'm noticing this happening. Like peeing is slowing down. The scale weight's going up. I'm now having to get more restrictive on fluids and I'm not, not getting that fullness. It's like, oh shit, well, maybe I should add in a diuretic at this point so I can keep this look, keep urinating, pushing fluids out. I think this has the application for the two-day show as well. Yep. Um, when you had to peak at prejudging in the morning and you're not going on again. Cause I've done this for the, the Dallas Europa. You go on in the morning and you don't go on again to the next day at like 4 PM. So that's a long time for me to do this process of like trying to tightly manipulate. Um, I, uh, I, I just, when I do that show, I rapidly increase fluids quite a bit. By the night I was like 219. Now I weighed in like 212 for this show. So I came up a lot, super full, but a little, little water, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's when I, at that night, I, I took, you know, um, a little bit of a diazide and had that same type of water drop to get back to that look that I wanted to hold. And so I think that's when I, I've used the application, um, you know, for someone that's natural, that can get a bit trickier. And I think you might, you might be better off being less restrictive in, in your, uh, fluid approach um, yep. 
just depends. It depends on the timing and everything and that individual's response. So you have some people that can hold that look for a long time, or man, if you manipulate things too much, they're, they're a whole like crazy. They're responsive to sodium. I think that's the client you'll notice that though, going into the show. Like if you give them a reefy day and their, or their condiments bump or something like that, uh, or, you know, or they even have a cheat meal, they're like a fluid Buffalo the next day. Like, yeah, you're that sodium retainer, you know? Yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, that, that was uh, a lot of the show stuff. I know you had asked about like, what now? <laughs> a long yeah, time ago. Like, I think, I think you asked that. <laughs> yeah. I saw you had made some changes to training. So I think people would like to hear like your thoughts on why you're making the changes and maybe what that looks like for, aligning the visuals according to the application yeah so um what i had been running it, um all the way through the show was uh, push pull delt arms legs and have an off day and repeat mm -hmm. so basically all those muscle groups were getting hit every five days um initially i had started this even earlier in prep doing um pull push yeah pull push off legs off so i had this extra off day in there but i was my sessions were getting long and by the end of that session on my push and pull days it, it was just like just going through motions and fatigue was higher so it's like well let me take that accessory work delt arms and i'll put it on that off day and i can train more i get more food on those days and it was just overall less taxing yep um but now since i got on stage and I, you know i looked at picks and kind of where I need to make improvements, where I don't need to make improvements. Uh, you know, clearly the areas that go flat are chest. And um, then I could arguably say some, some trap area. Yep. You know, I've had arguably like I, I am fairly complete. So like, if you had to like, Hey, let's add six pounds of stage weight on me. You could put like all on back and you'd be like, yeah, like <laughs> you're never going to be like, Oh, his back is way too big. Like this is ridiculous. Unless you just like didn't train legs at all. And you're like, yeah, yeah you need some, you, you would tell them you need to build your legs, not to bring down your back though. That's, that would be the feedback. Right. Um, so, so looking at that, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I need to prioritize where I can and coming off here, whether it's off season or prepping for a show, I can still make some improvements. I can. And being an enhanced bodybuilder, you can. So um, I've, so where, where are my strengths? So right away, like legs, um, mm. hamstrings, quads, like those are, those are strong points to me. All the shots on stage are strong. Um, delts are within reason. Yeah. I mean, you, you get to one of those areas, you probably couldn't have big enough, but they're within reason. Arms were within reason too, but definitely chest. And then I would say back from there. So, yep. so split design. Uh, deprioritize your strengths. So legs was going to go knocked down to once a week, every seven days, instead of getting trained every five days with the same volume. So in, in other words, there's a volume drop still because the frequency is more spread out. So yep. it's very, very much a maintenance volume. So I can have more resources to put towards my weak body parts. Delta arm day. It's fun as hell. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> You pump delts and arms, like, yeah, man, delts and arms. <laughs> but, um, but those are priority days for me. Like, that's another day I could either rest, fully rest, or um, I, I could have the better, more frequency for chest and back. So pull delt and arm day. So what do I need? Well, I'm going to do push and pull twice a week now. So that frequency goes from every five days to every three days. But I'm starting with the volume level that I do for the whole entire week. Yep. So what I, what I don't want to do is like do go from doing say eight sets of chest in a session every five days to doing eight sets of chest in a session every three days. That's a tremendous volume increase that I'm not ready for because I'm just coming off my show. So I need kind of this like introductory period where I'm going to take, say I was doing eight sets every five days and now I'm maybe going to do six sets every three days, but for total average for the week, the volume comes out to be the same. And also like quality is going to improve too. Cause I won't have this longer session. Yeah. Even though my art, my sessions are already pretty short, but so that's at least the, the thought process in that split design would be, um, it was pull, push off, 
pull push legs off. Um, another area was glutes that I still think could be improved um, slightly. So on one of the pull days is when I could put, I'm gonna put my hip hinge work. I'm still like really debating on that and I don't wanna do an RDL. I'll probably do that hack good morning, but it, it, but make it to where it's not as a, this intensive lift. Like, cause I've done RDLs on back day before, like as a just a ham back day. And man, that one's just, it's so draining. Right. And it takes away from the pull session. So I don't want that either. But I think having it, I'll put it at the end of the session, do like a ham curl first. And then the hat good morning is definitely like super deliberate and precise in how I do it. So like slow eccentric, pause in the bottom, come up. It's not like this power movement. And I might even make sure I keep it at like that one RIR to where I'm not taking it like to, to death, right? Um, so I can moderate the effort level there. And then on my leg day, I would still have like the other hand curl and yeah. then it'd be more quad focused. Right. And that gives you the opportunity to, to gauge recovery response with that initial introduction. And then you could always move it. Um, yeah. Move RIR if needed or whatever. Sure. No, truly like I, I lay out a plan. You probably do the same. You lay out a plan. And then as you're like going through what you've laid out, you're kind of working it through because I've done a movement and be like, all right, this feels good. What makes sense next? It's like, oh, that one I planned that I don't know. That's not going to flow right. And then I change it. Um, yeah. For the most part, you know, by now it's like, I, I got it pretty on and I can get stubborn with what I, what I plan out, but you can kind of move through your workout and, and know if it's a good flow or not and make some additions. So you can't be like too stuck to what you're doing um, or all, even though volume volume wise, because I might be going through some sets and be like, oh, I did my second set and I just feel like I'm getting some stimulus now. Like it now feels good. This is more so on back for me. Um, so I might need like, a, I'll, I was like, oh, I'm going to do a third set, you know, and then I'll be like, all right, that was a good, good volume level. But um, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm mature enough to know when to do that and when not to do it. Cause yeah. I, I've, I've wanted to leave everything on the table for every rep of every set. And uh, I couldn't program like that how I do now. I think I think the where that utility comes in is like weeks two through four of a new setup. Like mm -hmm. week one, I'm pretty strict about okay, we need to work through these sessions and see like what the damage is slash how you feel at the yeah. end of the week. Week two, maybe start to be like okay, let's try a small addition here or small change here, and then week three, week four, we're kind of finalizing the changes to what what it's going to be for a while um, minus obviously the auto regulatory volume manipulations. But um, I think, I think when you're trying to learn that process of being able to do that, being strict earlier on and, and gathering data first will help you build that as well because that capacity to be able to kind of go into a session and, and make changes as needed. It's, it's a unique situation right now because I'm, I'm a one week post show. So essentially, essentially coming off kind of a deload, but almost not a deload because it's still kind of fatiguing being at a show and especially dropping fluids down somewhat, you know, and travel. My travel was fucking stupid. <laughs> I was so delayed and had to stay an extra day. It's nothing like waking up at four in the morning on four hours of sleep. And you're like, Oh, my flight's delayed four hours. You're like, and I can't go back to sleep though. <laughs> so, well, what do I do now? <laughs> but, uh, anyway, like, so my plan now is um, I'm going to do another show. I'm going to do the Puerto Rico pro, which is in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that will now be what we're talking today is, is five weeks. So, you know, the thought process of like, well, should you be changing your training split right now? You know, and, uh, Creeps in. Yeah, yeah, you know, you, are you like, well, how are you going to even improve? And uh, basically coming off this show, well, for one, I, I'm, I've been conditioned and I have, I, I had six weeks. So I, I brought food up, which is the, I think the, the biggest driver post show for what you can do. I mean, maybe you're just regaining, you know, you're getting glycogen. Um, but I think you can still like, you can still improve. Like guys still improve going in these shows and, I want, I want good stimulus frequent for the body parts I need and the body parts I don't, well, I can manage fatigue well and not train as much. And 
it might get back to where, you know, I'm three weeks out, like in the next two weeks and I need to pull back some, but I think overall the, the plan design should still be in place. If it's a, if it's a design that's going to improve my weaknesses, it's probably a design that's going to do well for holding tissue, you know, but just volume catered to my recovery ability. Yep. And I've, I've done this split before. Like this isn't a new split. It's usually always chest and back. So this is probably my, I think once you have, you, you get to the, this level and you're developed and you have these weak body parts, you're probably going to be in a specialized split <laughs> probably forever. <laughs> you know, um, I, I can see that guys rotate and they bring a body part up and they go back to like an, an, an overall balanced training plan. Um, but at, by, by this point where it's so, it's so specific where my weight has to be and I can only have so much tissue added that it's likely just going to be, this is my, my forever split up somewhat. <laughs> but, um, so I'll, uh, I'll carry this out into the show and this will probably be what I would carry out throughout off season or, um, you know, ho hopefully into an Olympia prep, but, uh, you, uh, letting your weight come up between those six weeks. Yeah, so I, 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 pull, I, I pull down really fast, um, especially off this lap prep, and that's why I was ready so far ahead. And I was ready ahead even having, like, cheat meals and stuff too, yeah. which um, – so I realized that. So I can, what's cool is I can look back at all my data and my, where my body weight was, where my, like, caliper sites were, and be like, all right, this moment I have maybe about this much time – to, to pull back down. So like this morning I was, uh, 208.2. So I'm up four pounds. Um, but so this is tough because honestly, this is a mind fuck for me seeing that 208. It, it makes you want to make decisions. You probably should be. Cause I get in my, I got in my head a little bit about it with, um, the weight, just seeing the weight. I'm like, Oh man, I have to be like, have hold too much body fat now or, or why am I holding water? Like, it's like, where is this weight at? Like, should I, will I have enough time? That's because that's been such a fear from Olympia. It's not being ready. Um, so yeah. I have to, I have to like step away and just be as objective as I can. And Renee's actually has a really good eye. She, I, you know, she'll look at me and be like, you're still like really crispy hard. I'm like, okay. And, and she won't bullshit me, but, um, there's a few factors that go into it that I have to consider. So coming from that show week where I'm reducing like residual fibers and carbs, like down to like rice and no veggies and limited fiber sources. I'm now coming to a point where I'm like, I introduce like my oats back and pumpkin and, and more veggies. So there's like, I like when I wake up, I'm like, I feel my GI is heavier. Like I can feel it. Um, not waking up like waste, sucked down to belly button to spine you know so i'm like okay there's gi weight there like food volumes up that's going to be a thing um also i reintroduced um uh, the injectables as well yeah pulled pulled orals and i also pulled out my ai so there's probably going to be a little bit more for one just fullness but in in water retention there Sure. And I did that just from, just from a health aspect, you know, I'm, I'm fine off season. It's letting estrogen rise until there's no, there, there's, till there's like an issue basically. But I definitely like for a state coming to stage, like I saw a huge benefit from adding an AI and at a high, high amount to just run estrogen low. And you know, I got really hard doing it drop, you know, but, but for right now I don't need that. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to accept having a little bit of water on me. Um, it's not much. It really isn't. Like it, again, it's me being hypercritical of like, are 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 the twenty glute lines there, or is it just the fifteen? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, objectively, right? Like, not only from the health parameter consideration, but like looking to improve within those six weeks, like the the reintroduction of injectables, pulling the AI, letting estradiol rise. Like, that's going to only be beneficial from a recovery capacity standpoint yeah. I mean, and everything as well. So. You have to support the goal at the moment, and the, that goal at the moment is is doing what you need to to get better within those six weeks as much as possible. And you can always introduce to manipulate those factors because it's no longer fighting a timeline. It's as much. It's more like what has to happen now in order to lead you to 
a slightly improved spot from Indy slash New York. And it's, again, it's, it's on such a short time scale relative to what we typically discuss. Right. Um, but it, it's not something to be afraid of. And then it's a good point to make for people who, you know, maybe miss their pro card at one show and have to go to another or are, are bridging between those shows that like you do have to sometimes pull back for long-term health maintenance and supporting the goal of the, the current time. Even if it's just between shows, you can't hold that crispy look. Yeah. Eight, nine, 10 weeks. And I think that when you try to do that is when these people end up showing worse at the second or third show. Yeah. You keep fading. It's hard. It's hard to hold that. Cause I, I, I like even pull down like some of the things that like, I'm like trying to rationalize like each compound, like say Trimbalone. Trimbalone is great for, um, you know, blunting glucocorticoid receptor and, and cortisol re release. So it's like, well, food's going up. Uh, I also removed clenbuterol. So, I mean, that's out of place. So it's like, I have other things now that are supportive of muscle retention. So it's like, okay, well, I probably don't need this compound as high that is supportive of preventing muscle loss. Right. So it's like, there's like justifications like that to, to make within that planning, but you make, you make a great point. Like how many weeks post show, like, should you be controlling things? And I think like an ideal, like if you have a show that's, within three weeks after a show, I think you can almost run that straight through without trying to bring body weight up or bring or lose some, allowing some conditioning to be lost. But be, but beyond that, like if it's longer than three to four weeks, you need to make those adjustments if you were in shape. <laughs> um, and, and so like for me, this will be like a little two week phase with, compounds adjusted, my step counts down, like clenbuterol's out. Then I'll have four weeks where I'll pretty much go back to what I was doing close to it. Um, what I realized this past one is that, man, adding the orals in at the end just wasn't, it wasn't this huge, big player, you know? Like um, I, I, in India, I was using like halotestin. I used a little bit more halo for New York and it's like, I didn't really see this vast difference, you know, and it's only more, more strain, oxidative stress. And it's like, I, I don't even think I need a world. I just, I mean, there's, there's, don't get me wrong, there's a place for them, but at least for what I want to do, like health wise and still bring in a great look, I don't think I do. Now I do have like ideas that I just like to test out and see. Mm -hmm. Right. So I can, I've been, I've rotated like one oral at a time to kind of see like, because going into Indy, I'm getting way off track here, but I don't feel want to love it. Listen, <laughs> like I had at like strength kind of dipped, and I had added in some Anvar, and it's like oh, like I noticed this, like I have a good performance improvement. Um, and then I swapped to Halo once I got close to Indy, and it's like I, I couldn't tell a real difference. And honestly, I think I liked the uh, Anvar better from the training aspect. Um, but I've, you know, I've played around the idea of like, well, I've used Winstraw a lot and I, I just don't, it's like the same thing. And yeah. I've had like so, so much, enough compounds in place to where it just doesn't matter at that point. Yeah. Um, Superdraw has, has, has my interest. I've used a long time ago. But again, it's like, what am I trying to get out of that? It's like, is it fullness? Well, what does fullness bring? Water. So, or the same guys using Anadrol in peak week, right? And yeah. well, how do you, how do you get the fullness? What's well, it makes you retain water, right? So you're going to retain some outside the, the muscle too, a little bit. Um, acute, acute angiotensin response. Through. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and you're driving up aldosterone. And so you're making some sacrifices there. So I don't know, that's uh, at least that's what my considerations are going in Bahamas. Like I think four weeks out, I'll bring like my normal injectables and they're all fast acting now. Um, I usually use like test sip throughout, but to like have a quick reintroduction, I switched to test prop. Like that was one thing that I did change. Um, and uh, then I'll, then I'll bring the AI back in and then two weeks out, I'll, I'll just take it. I'll smash it, not smash it, but I'll bring it. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll reintroduce clenbuterol too, as needed, as needed. You know, this is, I have a tentative plan of what might need to happen, but again, but you know, what I do, there's always an assessment and then an application for, for needs. If, if I, if I need it, I'll use it. If not, I, I don't need to. So 
Well, I think that was really productive, man. I think that that kind of walks us through like Indy to Bahamas pretty well. I think people are just curious to see how it pans out, the differences in decision-making as you work your way through it and, and those kinds of things. So I think I can still come like fuller and harder, or not harder, but fuller, just as hard. I mean, I, I was so, so hard in you know, these past shows. I think fuller is that, just the thing. That one pound difference you saw from Indy to New York, I think you have room for that again. I think so. I, you almost could have pulled, I think, you know, people would I argue, even Renee would have probably argue, like you could have pulled the pound up there and still had the look. So maybe it's that's a two pounds in, you know, for the Bahamas. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see how it, how it looks. I, it, it's going to be messy there because Renee's competing in her pro debut. And then I also have five other people competing. Uh, three WPD pros and two NPC, um, but all good. I'll stay organized. <laughs> yeah, with with how I try to peak people, you know, it's uh, it's it's just not as many variables to where I need such close monitoring. And I know that sounds like, oh, well, you're not you know, coaching them how you should be. It's like, well, well, no. Like we've done so much work ahead of time that we have a pretty fairly predictive plan. You know, I say you have a predictive response. Yeah. So like right. you know what the variables are going to do to what level so you're not guessing and fixing anymore yeah. here. and and this show like i had some options and i you know i tossed them around with you like what she thought too yeah because the goal here is like into olympia and being my best at the olympia and can i do that if i continue competing and i, and I think i can i think i can be my breast olympia so what what sets the stage for that would it be jumping into a show in six weeks after New York or was it waiting? Um, what was that? What did I say? It was going to be 12 weeks to do the Texas open. And yeah. then I would have eight weeks to the Olympia. So I'd have like this six week break, then maybe six weeks to pull back down. Then I'd have to go right into Olympia, which might be a three week break. Five weeks of and then five week of prep, which already going into this phase of like bringing you up and like coming down, it's a, it's a mind fuck, but also it's really hard to know where you're at. So I rather like have this phase on my qualifier than have more of this predictive assessment in, in that I can do going into Olympia and be fresher for Olympia. So that's still made the most sense to me. Um, 100%. Yeah. We're excited, man. I think we're all excited to see it come to fruition and and come together and just it's it's intriguing because like I feel like the kind of process that you're running with yourself is is the kind of process that should be ran throughout the coaching industry. And I think it's bringing a lot of light to that. Yeah, um, it's 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 really encouraging to the the response I got back from these shows, like. And being transparent with sharing, and I think it's people gain a lot of value out of it to see what we're truly doing. And it's you're not giving away secrets, you know. Or um, I know guys will kind of like ghost prep, right? And they're like, "Well, I'm not going to post anything until you see me on stage." And it's like, what do you? What exactly did that do for you? Um, it's not going to influence the judges once you're out there. Uh, if anything, like we're bodybuilding, we're a business it's going to promote you and, and get attention on you. Like I got a ton of attention, like posting my transparency and my picks and stuff. I mean, some guys I understand like going to Olympia, I wasn't posting anything because I did, I wasn't confident in my look. I was embarrassed. And so, I mean, that's my own thing. But as far as like, I'm ghost prepping, you're just going to see me like when I walk out and then I'm going to, you know, uh, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like if anything, you're just going to build hype around your name. If you're posting like some like, awesome picks going in or you're giving these people this information and value it's like you need you know bodybuilding this is a business and like to promote yourself you know posting like information that can help people is what's going to draw more people in, in and help help you out so yep and uh i'm glad to be able to to be at a point where i'm you know confident coach myself and i can do it in a way that's dispelling a lot of the myths and fallacies that are out there and also getting away from uh, hopefully exposing some of the abuse of such yeah, abuses is a little bit exaggerated term, but um, you know, extreme approaches that are, that are more risky for competitors that just don't know, you know, cutting water, sodium, taking a bunch of diuretics and then they're 
then they miss the mark, right? It's like, we have someone that's like nailing the mark, like harder than everyone else, doing less than everyone else. Not that everyone, but, and I, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. That's not me at all. You know, I just, uh, I just truly want to help people and, and show people that th there is a less risky way to do things and, and still have an even, and they have an even better outcome and something that you're, you're not, you're not going to get on stage and like totally, totally miss and be disappointed. Yeah. And objective too, right? Like it's in a sport that can be so subjective, we can take objective approaches in order to bring the best package that that individual can bring. Yeah. Yeah. You need a way to like, to track this stuff, right. And look back and say like, what, where for one in your plan like where did it go wrong but where did it where did i look good too and there's so much of just these terms thrown around and then you it's so confusing like people get off stage and like renee was asking me she had some girls ask her um how to tighten their like what does she do for glutes to get her lower glutes so detailed because they came off stage and the judge says you need to tighten up your lower glute and like, what the, what, what the hell does that mean? Like, oh, and then this girl puts it in her mind. She doesn't know, right? Like as educated or, you know, just, just naive, like asking someone else, like, Hey, how do I just tighten up the lower glute? It's like, how do you just drop body fat in that area? Or how do you develop just that area? Like, what do I need to do? Just asking, do you do cardio in a certain way? You know, these questions that now you have someone like spouting out this, like this misinformation and dogma that gets passed around. So terminology is confusing for these people. You know, it's like, Hey, you just had to get leaner overall. And I was like, sorry, that's not the sexy sale. Like, Oh yeah. We need to do this one exercise where you like kick out to the side and like twist your pinky toe, like 15 degrees. It's like, Oh, cool. Okay. But if you tell them like, no, you still lose body fat. I'd be like, Oh, screw that. I'm going to go ask someone else. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, yeah. There's this, this um, the, the, the terms that people like the subjective terms that we see around show day, like, Hey, get fuller or get drier. Just like, oh man, my coach messed up. He didn't, you know, dehydrate me enough. It's like, no, they, they, was it drier or do you just need to lose body fat? Um, so if we can actually have some ways that we're like measuring these things somewhat, like we have some caliper sites, we have visuals, and then we can look back at the plan that we've actually been documenting and say like, oh yeah, this is why you look like this on stage. And we, we had some other measures to kind of like confirm these things too. Um, I think it, it makes a, uh, you know, more, more scientific, meticulous approach that has people pissed the mark less. 100% agree. I don't think I can add anything to that, to be honest. Well, then on that, I guess we'll end this conversation. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. We love the feedback and just enjoy hearing that y'all are enjoying it. So let us know if there's anything specific y'all want to hear, but we'll have more episodes coming your way for sure, too. Thank you, everybody. J3U Podcast, over and out.